You're listening to Reading Glasses, a show about book culture and literary life designed to help you read better. I'm writer, filmmaker, and book devourer Mallory O'Mara. And I'm Bria Grant, actress, filmmaker, and e-reader. This episode, we're exploring the world of reader fashion and interviewing author Sarah Kuhn. But first... What are you reading, Bria? Oh, I am reading this book, which I uh, just started, um, called The Refrigerator Monologues. <gasps> by, Kat, by Kat Valente. Yes. And the illustrator is Annie Wu. But basically, it's a collection of stories that are all kind of linked. They're all superhero-y. So if you are into that genre of reading, then it is definitely for you. It's from the points of views of the wives and girlfriends and women in the in superhero world or anyone who has been refrigerated, which is not a term I was familiar with. It's a comic, yeah, book, it's term a comic book term for women who are killed, raped, brainwashed, driven mad, disabled, or had their powers taken away so that a male superhero storyline will progress. Which is actually a pretty common trope. Yeah, I'm rolling. You know, my like he's getting so revenge right for his now. girlfriend. That's the first chapter. Is that he's already remarried and stuff, but he's still getting revenge for this girl, and and she's Ugh. you know. But it all they're all speaking from like from beyond the grave. They're all in like uh, the death sort of universe. Uh, it's great. It's cool. If you're into um, comic books and superheroes and stuff, I would totally suggest. It's perfect suggest that it. you're reading this for this episode. Yes, it is because we interview Sarah Kant. Yes. What, what are you reading, Mallory? So the folks over at Little Brown, who are, is an amazing publisher, uh, they're one of the ladies over there. Lauren sent us both some amazing packages of books, and she sent them both. They were kind of curated for both of us, which made me like scream with joy and so mine was filled with all kinds of weird books <laughs> and the one just that just send Mallory the weird books just, that's literally what I said <laughs> please send me all the weird books so she, one of the books she sent me is called The Party by Elizabeth Day and it comes out uh, on my birthday August 15th yeah, so it's basically it's it's a thriller, and it's the, these two couples, and one of them is very very well off, and the husbands are best friends, and they've been best friends for a really long time, even though the other couple is not very well off. They don't have a lot of money, and the husband of that couple, you know, the wife is like always like, why are you friends with this other well off guy? He's so much richer than you. He kind of looks down on you, and they the the more rich husband throws this huge crazy. 40th birthday party and it's this big lavish thing and afterwards something something really bad happens and the wife of the less well-off couple ends up in the police station she has to answer all these questions about her husband and she's starting to figure out like what the real story is of why they've been best friends the husbands have been best friends for so long despite all their differences yeah i love some mystery i love a mystery that sounds rad that sounds right i think they sent that they sent me ebooks and i think that was on my list i'll tell you if if it's good okay it's i I, it's great already i really like the writing style she's irish so cool. I love Irish writers. Cool. So we want to take a moment to share some listener feedback. You guys sent us some amazing stuff all about our Reading Around the World episode. Claire emailed us to write about the fact that she lives in one of the UNESCO cities of literature. She lives in Iowa City. And she wrote, I just binge listened to the podcast this past weekend. I love the show. Thank you, Claire. I'm very excited that I we now create something that you can binge. <laughs> uh, on the most recent show, I know you mentioned Iowa City being a UNESCO city of literature. Being book lovers, you might be happy to know our writing workshop has had people like Kurt Vonnegut and Jane Smiley amongst our alumni. Very impressive to me. She also thinks we should go to the UNESCO Book Fair they have in October, which Ooh. Is, sounds amazing. Are you going to go? I would love to. I can see you going. We just got to get, look, that the Reading Glasses <laughs> side fund. Serious. Well, <laughs> if you, UNESCO Book Fair, you want to bring me and Bria there, we're totally there. 
We also heard from Stephanie who wrote in to tell us about Nashville, which is a place she thinks is very, very readerly. Yes. She said that supposedly the largest publishing presence in the U.S. outside of New York City is in Nashville. Even Jack White has a publishing company in town, Third Man Books. I did not know that. Pretty impressive. She suggests the bookstore Parnassus, which is in Nashville. I've been to Nashville, actually, but I only kind of drove through. I've heard that Nashville is, like, unexpectedly hip happening. It is very hip. I remember having some really good vegan nachos or something in Nashville. In, in Nashville. Yeah, I kind of yeah. vaguely remember that. Um, she said Parnassus, that's the place to go stock up on cool used books. And there's also specialty shops like Her Books, operated by badass Jolene Her, who's a very dis- Distinguished editor for large presses and also an author. They also have the Southern Festival of Books every October, hosted by the Amazing Humanities Tennessee. We should uh, just do like an October book fair tour. Oh, at, we really should. In, the, in like the Midwest. They have something called Salon 615, which is a program with the Nashville Public Library that helps bring authors from around the world to town for readings and events. It's often paired with amazing musicians because obviously it's Nashville. Cool. And there's also a library-themed restaurant, and it's called... Wait for it, Hemingways. Aww. And Colleen wrote in to talk to us about Wigtown, which is now a place that I need to go because I. It's That's in, a great name, really uh, good name for a town. So it's in Scotland, and which I wish I knew because I had been to Scotland and I loved it, but I did not go to Wigtown. And they have a big festival every year, and like they have. Over 10 bookshops for the 1,000-ish people that live there, and that's a really good that ratio. Is, that is like, that's like a bookshop for every for every 100 people. That's amazing. <laughs> I am, I am, that's like the coolest thing. <laughs> and also, one of the bookshops is an Airbnb where you can stay in the apartment over the, it's the, called The Open Book. And while you're staying there, you run the bookstore. Her and her sister went there in 2015, and you don't have any of the real responsibilities of a bookstore, just the fun parts, like talking to customers, making windows displays. They had a great time, got to read all day, and talk to people who came in. She highly recommends it, and if you want more details, they're booked out until 2020, but we will put a link in the show notes. Should we try to book for 2021? Will we be doing reading glasses in 2021? That seems a ways away. But it isn't, though. 2018 is oh, next Oh, you're year. right. That's really not that far. I like that she clarified that you don't have to do, like, you don't, have to, like, you don't have to pay the bills <laughs> or, like, you know, like, clean the floors or anything you like that. the fun parts. Yeah, yeah. You aren't, like, making calls or something. I hate making calls, but you're just doing the fun parts. That's a really funny idea for an Airbnb. I would totally do that. We'll put a link to that Airbnb in the show notes. So, and you can send feedback to readingglassespodcast at gmail.com. And before we talk about Book Chic, we're going to take a quick break. Reading Glasses is supported in part by LexHex, a free retro game show style word game available now for iPhone and iPad. Play up against three other people, online and real time. Quickly jam out a bunch of small words for quick points or go after longer, high-value words for maximum score. It's fun, it's free, and you can get it right now off the App Store on your iOS device. Find out more about it at LexHex.com. That's L-E-X-H-E-X.com. I'm Riley Smurl. I'm Sydney McElroy. And I'm Taylor Smurl. And together, we host a podcast called Still Buffering, where we answer questions like... Why should I not fall asleep first at a slumber party? How do I be fleet? Is it okay to break up with someone using emojis? And sometimes we talk about butts. No, we don't. Nope. (laughs) Find out the answers to these important questions and many more on Still Buffering, a sister's guide to teens through the ages. I am a teenager. And... I was two butts, 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 butts. No. <laughs> Where do you change your mind? Talk to me. 
All right. So this week, we're talking about book fashion, book accessories, book decor. How do you show off your love of books? There's so many options. There's a lot of places to look. Where do you find cool stuff? How do you know if you're looking at another book nerd? I think that's the most important question, right? I feel like when I was a teenager and I was really into punk music, all I wanted was to find other people into punk music. So I would walk around airports and things looking for people who had other punk shirts on. I do this. Well, I do that with David Lynch stuff and books. Because I think this is especially important for readers because, one, the only other way that you can tell someone is a reader in public is if they're reading. And you don't want to be bothered when you're reading. That's true. You don't want to bug them with, with, like, with the what are you reading question. Oh, my or, God. When I'm in public and people and I'm reading and people come up to me and are like, ooh, what are you reading? I'm like, I get really angry. So we basically like have to start wearing uniforms or things to display our love so we can we can know who who's in the in crowd. Who's in yeah. who's a book nerd? We need to know. It's a great conversation starter. Being a reader can be kind of lonely and it can be as we've covered in past episodes, it can be a solitary thing. So it's nice when that I like live for that when I'm in public and I'm like wearing a book shirt or something and someone's like, Oh, I love that bookstore and I'm like oh, and like float over to them to talk about books. <laughs> you suddenly you suddenly sit <laughs> Sitting on a cloud, and yes. you guys move towards each other <laughs> in your is... mutual clouds, and you become, and you hold hands, and you drift off into the universe. That is exactly <laughs> that is exactly what what happens, and that is the point of all this. I think that's what's kind of cool about displaying your book love is so you can find other book friends. Mm-hmm. I like it. So I'm very biased about this because I'm the entire uh, the right side of my body. You don't actually have to wear a book shirt. I don't even have to wear any clothes. You don't have to wear clothes. You could be walking around <laughs> naked and people would know because because I'm I'm covered in book tattoos. Yeah. my back and my chest and the right side of my both my right limbs and are there any other yeah my back and my chest and my right limbs are all covered in book tattoos. So I'm pretty committed to showing off my book love. Um, but I also besides you know tattooing your flesh which isn't for everybody uh (laughs) i have a few tried and true places to get book fashion i don't wear a lot of book jewelry or have a ton of book decor my entire apartment is all david lynch stuff sure and 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 horror stuff and monster (laughs) stuff but it's a lot of david lynch but i do love book t-shirts and i have some favorite t-shirt companies you're Um, literally wearing a skylight t-shirt while i'm looking at you right now we we talked about this uh, when i came over this morning it's like i have two two uh or actually three i have three types of clothes it's horror t-shirts david lynch t-shirts and book t-shirts you just divide your closet into a third i literally do i have three stacks of shirts So my my you have an organizing system. That's I great. totally totally do. My favorite my favorite book shirt company is Out of Print. We'll link to all this in the show notes. And they what they do is they have all kinds of cool shirts, socks, scarves. But most of their t shirts feature vintage book covers. I got me and Bria some when they had a sale a few weeks ago. Yeah, you got me a Benicula one. I was very excited about Yay. it. I got a Shirley Jackson one. They have a lot of cool horror shirts that I love and I get really excited about. I also love a company called Miles to Go. And instead of featuring like the book vintage book covers, they do like their own like they have a gra- an in-house graphic designer who does their own versions of shirts. Oh cool. It's and, like it's like Mondo posters or something for t-shirts. Yes, and I love them. They have a lo- they have a lot of classic stuff like Don Quixote and Harry Potter, but what I like about them is they have some more hard to find stuff. Like they have a House of Leaves t-shirt. Oh wow. Which okay. is super cool. Oh um, man, so if you're wearing like a t-shirt of like a hard to find book, like cuz yeah, Harry Potter, there's a lot of those. Yeah. Like you can I feel like you can buy those at the well up the street from me at Universal Studios. You yeah. know, like you can buy like 45 Harry Potter shirts. And also, you could basically stand in public and anywhere in the world and yell the words Harry Potter. And right. And someone's will... going to start throwing a Harry Potter t shirt at you. Yes. And then you get to own that shirt forever. And Just then try you... that, guys. Yeah. And then you could be friends. Um, but I think the hard to find one, that's how you know someone's deep, deeply entrenched in book culture. Oh, You're just... like, look at your, oh. look, look at your House of Leaves shirt. Oh, like, my God. I know. How did you find that? 
I'm also a big fan of bookstore t-shirts. Mm. Like one of the things that I love to collect from bookstores. If you're traveling, we talked about in our traveling episode, sometimes it's really, really hard to get books from every bookstore that you visit when you travel because books are really heavy. Uh, besides bookmarks, a great thing to grab is a t-shirt. Uh, my local bookstore, Skylight Books, which I love so much, and uh, so much ha- has amazing right t-shirts. I'm actually wearing one right now. Um, also, shout out to Book Riot. They have a really great store on their website and it has a lot of cool bookish gear. See, I'm not as into shirts. Because I'm I'm a petite person. Although I don't, I always think about calling myself that because I don't really shop in like the petite section at Nordstrom's or anything. I don't shop in Nordstrom's. You, you but, know what? <laughs> go for it. You, I, you are petite. But I'm a kind of a petite person, so I don't love most t-shirts. They don't fit me. They don't look right. They're like swallowing me whole. But I did find some really cute tank tops by Skybound, and I will say right now they were gifted to me. I. Reading Glass is going to be real honest when we get free shit, and uh, sometimes we get free shit. But at at Comic-Con, I I picked up some tank tops for Saga and Monstrous, two comic books that I read. And they are totally cute and small. And And you got a really cute tote. And I got a cute tote. That you half love and half don't love. Oh, we're going to talk about totes in a minute, because I'm really into totes. Mm. Um, But the other thing I got at the Skybound booth are enamel pins. Okay, let's talk about enamel pins for a moment. Yep. Are you into the enamel pin craze? I am so into it. Do we want to describe what an enamel pin is for people? So basically... There's a couple different types of pins. Two kinds of pins. And what we're we're used to is those button pins with the shitty little pin backs. They yeah. fall off of everything. And little circles. Little circles. And like someone took a piece of paper. I know how to make them because I used to make them in the 90s. <laughs> it's uh, very 90s But thing. these days, people are making fancy ass enamel pins. Hell yeah. And they're like, the one I got at Comic-Con were, um, were for Saga and Monstrous. And it's like little characters. And they stay on a lot better. They're really high quality. They are, caveat, much more expensive than regular yeah, pins. Yeah, they are expensive. That's and- I even have a bunch of pin backs that are like permanent so that you can't you have to like do a special little thing to get them off so they can't pop off without you wanting them to. Oh sure, yeah, yeah, yeah. You have to like squeeze the little Yeah. Yeah. But enamel pins are so much more specific, I think because they're more specific they're more difficult to make and only the companies are making them. Like you and I are not sitting at home making enamel pens. I would not know how to do that. Yeah. They're very cool and very hip these days. Yes. I, I feel like. I, I don't really know what's pins. hip, but I think they're popular. Oh, they're totally hip. And I love them because they look really, really nice. I actually have a vest that from far away looks like a punk vest, like a metal vest, but all the patches on it and all the pins are like either books or David Lynch stuff. Oh my God. <laughs> I have a pin that says read a fucking book. I have a little like heart book pin. Uh, when we got that package from Chronicle Books, there was two pins in it, one with some reading, literal reading glasses on it, and one with a stack of books, and oh, it says yeah, book that, Yeah, and those so were also gifted to us, there. and they were very cute. And I've been in public, and people have been like, oh, cool pin. And I'm like, oh, do you like to read? And then we've talked about Why books. do we not think to make reading glasses enamel pins? Not that we have made anything at all. But, but if we did. It's a good idea. If we did. Okay, Next thing to talk about is totes because you know I can never have too many totes. Well, totes are like I'm a the tote grail I'm a of tote the book world. Right, because? Because you can put books in them. <laughs> I mean, it's the greatest thing. Uh, it is great. You can display your love of books while carrying something that well, has books in it. Yeah. The next step up is like actually turning a giant book into a car and driving it around. Yeah, there you go. That's the next, <laughs> next step. Or you can get, just get those big stickers, you know, that people pay you to put on the side of cars. <laughs> and, but you it's just, just, just like, I love books. And like, it, that, that, it could say that. I don't have a car, but that's probably what my car would look like. Yeah, uh-huh. Um, so for toast, I brought Mallory. I brought Mallory at tour.com tote back which Yay. they gifted us um, they gave that to us at the tour.com booth because they recognized me from reading glasses which is really exciting 
I got stickers from Charlie Jane Anders, but she did not recognize me, which was fine. <laughs> which I don't expect her to, but it was like a geek out moment where I was like, She's I already so own your great. book. I'm not going to buy it again. So I don't buy books. I only get them in e-form, but I didn't say all that. I just was like, you're great. Can I have a sticker? And then they were like, you do reading glasses. It was an exciting moment for me. That's awesome. Anyway, I brought you a tour.com tote. Uh, yeah, almost all of my purses, like quote unquote purses, are actually just book totes from publishers of bookstores. I love them because they're easy and you can throw them in the wash and you can put a lot of books in them, which is literally when I go to buy bu- purses, I bring a book to the per- to the store and make sure that whatever purse I buy fits books in it because I won't, I won't buy anything unless I can fit a book in it because that's really the most important thing that I carry around. I really don't own purses anymore. I just own totes. Like, this, why yeah. would I own a purse when, or when I could carry a tote or a backpack and I could put like half my house in there? Exactly. That's what I, I want to carry. I want to be like a, a turtle. A turtle. Or a turtle. <laughs> Bria just pokes her head. But, yeah. Can someone draw a picture of Bria be- living inside of a tote bag? I basically live in a tote bag. <laughs> basically, what do you need? Do you need a chocolate bar? I have that. Do you need hand sanitizer? I have that. Do you need a book to read? I have that. Do you need a snack? I have. I just need two kinds of snacks. I have both of them. Like, <laughs> I, I keep that all in my tote. Amazing. Also, don't forget making your house bookish. Uh, a cool, a really cool thing to do is uh, get some framed art from one of your favorite comic book artists. If you just go to their website, like Google their name, a lot of them sell prints, and you can get them framed, put them all over your house. Or, or you could actually have art commissioned by your favorite comic book artist if you uh, are very rich. No, no, no. You, they'll do it for they'll do it in a book for you for fifty dollars, hundred dollars, oh, wow. really cheap. Um, that you can. I mean, they'll do a small thing at a con. I mean, depending on the artist. I was just gonna say you're not gonna get you right, know like sure. Gabriel Rodriguez from Lock and Key to make you. Yeah, something. you're right. But a lot of comic artists will make you kind of whatever you want, which is amazing. But okay. Let's stop with the nerd consumerism for a second because this is Bri- Bri's been waiting for this moment for years. Yeah, I don't want to talk about. You can go to Etsy, by the way. I want to plug Etsy. Etsy. My goal in life is to have an Etsy store. I love Etsy. You can buy things online. You can buy all sorts of things. I love how Bri has been on TV. She's been, you know, feature but her goal films. is to have an Etsy store. That's all she wants. Which I can't get it together and just start one, <laughs> even though I make so many things. We don't want to encourage blind nerdy consumerism. You can make your own stuff. Well. I mean, Priya can. No, you can. You I can. Anyone can. Priya, please. Okay, pitch me on crafting because crafting. I, I have like two two angry sea enemies for hands. Like I'm just like so useless <laughs> when it comes to crafting. Okay. Well, one thing I've gotten into lately is I've been making my own candles. I, yes, I like. I like and they smell great. It's really easy. You can just go online and get a. Can- you can literally buy a ready-made candle-making kit if you want. But what I do is I basically make candles and I write little vampire stories or things on the side of them. But you could totally make that a sticker from your favorite book, a quote from your favorite book, and think about that for a gift or. Just leave them in your house and light them and make your house smell good. That's what I do. And people always are like, it smells good in here. And I'm like, I made that. And also, (laughs) it may have a book quote on it. And I make people read whatever I write on the side You know what I like? I think book quotes are a great way to decorate your home if they mean something to you or inspire you or make you laugh. And and it's better because in this situation, you can create your own. You can pick the book quote that means something to you instead of one that some company was like, this is the quote that everyone's going to love. Be so good they can't ignore you. Or whatever the quote is that people <laughs> yeah. think is the, the thing. I, that's not probably not from a book. <laughs> no, it is. That's is from it? Ender's Game by Orson Scarcard. Is it really? Yes. Oh, a book about fascism. Yes. Yeah. Yes. I actually like that book. But uh, <laughs> I, have, I have mixed feelings. Um, <laughs> mixed feelings. But you could also do things like make homemade patches. Those are really easy to make with iron-ons. And you can make this as many patches for your punk me. for your punk pet vest as you want, Mallory. I don't have any more room. But I need to get a second jacket. Um, and the thing is, you can make all these things. Maybe that's copyright infringement. You're stealing stuff. Just but don't find sell it them. But don't sell them or do start an Etsy store. People do it all the time. <laughs> I buy stuff on there for my friends. <laughs> 
Okay, here, I'm going to sell you on this for a second. Okay. You can make the exact thing you want. And also, it didn't cost you as much as buying it online. Now, you didn't support, like, maybe a small bookstore and you made your own. That's something you could argue. But I, I don't know. I'm just very pro making things. And also, after you're done, you've made a thing and you can look at it and you can light it on fire or you can put it on a vest. And how wonderful is that? Nope. Still not sold, huh? <laughs> I, I mean, keep in mind that, like, I really just recently learned how to make eggs. So, like... <laughs> For me, also, I, like, I have to do something with my hands every so often because I feel like my job is so brain oriented. If I could build a shed, which maybe one day I will, I would like build a shed. I have to like move my body you know, and make things. You know, I, w- I was just about to launch into a whole thing about how David Lynch makes sheds, but you know what? I don't need... We, we, we you could do it. No, you could totally do it. We're not going to go there on this podcast. So if you've got tip, book fashion tips, if you've got places that you love to get book shirts or book pins from, please email them to us at readingglassespodcast at gmail.com. So before we interview author Sarah Kuhn, we're going to take a short break. What's Ben Affleck and or Drake up to? What show should I be watching right now? Should The Rock run for president? How about Oprah? What's a great French film about lady cannibals? Who's stronger, Luke Cage or Iron Fist? For answers to these questions and so much more, come on over to Pop Rocket, a pop culture roundtable discussion that always has a fun, diverse panel talking about the stuff we love. Catch us every Wednesday on MaximumFun.org or wherever you decide to get your podcast. I'm not going to judge. So we're here with Sarah Kuhn, the author of Heroin Complex and the new forthcoming book sequel to it, Heroin Worship. Thank you so much for coming on, Sarah. We're really, really excited. We have so much to talk to you about. Thanks for having me. So what about writing superhero stories is appealing to you? Heroin Complex and Heroin Worship are both amazing superhero stories. What about that makes you want to tell stories? Um, well, I grew up on superheroes. Um, I was an X-Men girl and I guess I, I love, I mean, I do love that sort of basic power fantasy of things like being able to fly or being able to, you know, shoot fire or lightning out of your hands. But, um, also I think that it's, it was like the feelings, like I'm, there are always so many feelings in those stories. Um, there's so much angst, um, and it's driving these people who can literally save the world. Uh, I always loved that sort of contrast of the fantastical with really human feelings. Um, the Superman movies were sort of some of the first, uh, superhero stories I could get over. And I always loved that internal struggle he had over whether he could tell Lois Lane his true identity and, you know, really sort of put her in that danger. So yeah, I guess um, in the end, I love the powers. But for me, it's it's all about the feelings. Always all about the feelings. <laughs> People associate superheroes with comic books, but you wrote a novel, or yes. a couple novels. So what do you think is the difference between writing a superhero from comic books versus a novel? Um, I think it's it's so interesting because there's some stuff that I think seems really ridiculous when you write it in prose versus seeing it as an image on the page. Um, and I guess I kind of tried to deal with that by really amping up the ridiculousness. Like there were some parts where I spelled out sound effects like pow and bam, because I kind of wanted you to have that that same feeling you get when you're reading a comic book and you just feel sort of immersed by the story. 
Um, and then also, uh, I try to have the characters comment on the ridiculousness a bit. So like in Heroin Complex, uh, there's a lot of talk about the outrageousness of Aveda Jupiter, who is the, the, the most famous superhero in San Francisco. There's sort of a lot of talk about how outrageous her outfits are. Um, because sometimes when you're describing that, you know, amazing spandex creation and you don't have an image to go with it, it just sounds kind of weird. Um, so I tried to sort of, uh, comment on that a little bit to maybe, uh, help the reader out with the level of ridiculousness. And then I guess the last thing was I also tried to really spell out all those feelings I was talking about earlier, all the angsty superhero feelings, so that it felt at least somewhat grounded in reality. So we both read and loved Heroin Complex. Thank you. As everyone knows, the superhero world is very dominated by straight white superhero dudes. What's the response been for you to write a novel about a female superhero of color? Well, particularly from, I would say, young, geeky women of color, it's been really great. I think a lot of us grew up loving these stories, but never really seeing ourselves centered in them. Um, we always had to settle for being, if we were there at all, I should say, because a lot of times we weren't, but we had to settle for maybe being a sidekick or a love interest or maybe a token Asian. Um, and just seeing the cover, the cover of both books um, are by an amazing artist named Jason Chan, um, I think gets people excited because it's just that visual, you know, it's like, if I had seen that when I was younger, if I had seen the sort of image of two Asian American superheroines who both, I should say, look Asian and also look different from one another, which is important, um, it would have really blown my mind. So it's nice to see people reacting to that. And, you know, I think really the thing is, Everyone deserves to see themselves as a hero. Everyone deserves to see themselves themselves as a protagonist and centered in a story. And hopefully um, this is giving some people who maybe haven't seen themselves as much centered in a superhero story that experience. Well, we love it. And it, yeah. and it, it was so refreshing. It, it was so fun. Thank yeah. you. <laughs> So this episode, we're talking about book themed and um, book themed and nerdy accessories. So, and you've written a lot about cosplay. You're kind of involved in that geeky nerdy world. Mm -hmm. uh, do, you, do you like nerdy fashion? Are you into it? <laughs> I do. I love nerdy fashion. <laughs> so, what are some of the ways that you display your nerdiness, your nerdy fashion love? Well, I have a few things. Um, I, there are a few different artists and brands that I really love. Um, I have a bunch of tank tops from uh, Jordan Dene. Um, she like basically has this whole line of t-shirts and tanks that just have these sort of nerdy sayings on them and this like beautiful cursive font. Um, like one is um, I Rebel from Rogue One. Um, oh, that's a good one. I have one of her shirts from Hamilton. Yes, she has, she has a bunch of shirts from Hamilton. Um, she has one that says, Kylo Ren is punk bitch. Um, that's super popular. That's cool. um, she, she has so many good ones, and they're just so cute and wearable, especially in the summer. Um, and I think also, like, uh, those of us who sort of grew up in geekdom are not used to having so many um, – t-shirts and tops kind of geared towards us geared towards ladies um i remember i used to cut up like dudes t-shirts so they would fit better yeah, um so yeah. 
<laughs> so yeah, I, I think it's, it's really awesome. And then another one I love is um, the artist Jen Bartel has a bunch of um, art prints, of course, but also enamel pins. And she has yeah. a yeah, she has a whole series based around the concept of the girl gang. Um, and they're just really cute and sparkly and you can put them on a denim jacket. And she's one of those artists that when I go to Comic-Con, I have to be careful not to spend all my money at her <laughs> booth. <laughs> That's awesome. I love, I like a girl gang pin because then you can give each other like a nod. Yeah, exactly. I, exactly. I'm on one of my vests. So one of the questions that we always ask our guests, do you have a book that you love to gift to people? Um, well, it, I think it depends on the reader. Um, I'm super into tailoring any recommendations and gifts towards the specific reader and what they might be into. One book that I definitely recommend a lot is Trade Me by Courtney Milan. It's a contemporary romance with an Asian American heroine. And the characters are really wonderful. The chemistry is wonderful. She's so good at writing banter. Um, and she just, she makes you want to ship it. Like, she's so good at that. <laughs> and uh, Trade Me also has kind of a fun tech angle that involves the invention of a new smartwatch. So I feel like it's a good gateway book um, for geek girls who are maybe looking to read more romance. Um, so we want to. Um, we also know you're working on another project with someone that we like, Amber Benson. You want to tell us about that? Yes, um, Amber and I wrote a comic book continuation of the movie Clueless, which is one of my favorite movies of I all time. Yeah, it's, um, it's for uh, Boom Studios, and the artist is uh, Siobhan Keenan. Um, and it's basically about uh, Cher, Ty, and Dion, their senior year of high school, um, and kind of the things that they're going through and the decisions they have to make about what they want to do after school. Um, and it was super fun because I think, um, you know, both Amber and I can certainly relate to being a woman at different stages in your life and having to make big decisions and feeling like they're overwhelming um, and that you have to make the right one. So we had a lot of fun working on that story. We had a lot of fun uh, revisiting those characters that we love so much that Amy Heckerling wrote so brilliantly. Um, and we also had a lot of fun with the language. Uh, that was, you know, a challenge. The Clueless has such specific language and it's easy to sound, if you're not careful, I think it's easy to sound more like a parody than, you know, the actual sort of Clueless vernacular. But um, our editor, Shannon Waters, actually gave us uh, this great resource, which was a linguistics paper from UCLA um, from the nineties that was basically, um, charting different slang people were using. Wow. Um, it was super extensive. Like it's basically a glossary of all these terms. So we had a lot of fun with that. So if people want to find you on the internet, where should they go and look? Um, they should find me on Twitter where I am all the time, especially if I'm supposed to be writing and it's just, <laughs> it's just my name, Sarah Kuhn. Um, that's the main place. And then it, uh, I also have a website. It's heroincomplex.com. I always say that's heroin with the E on the end. It's like <laughs> heroin, not like drugs, heroin. Um, and that just has like sort of the basic information about my books where you can order them and and usually has information about whether I have upcoming appearances or not. Great. And people can get heroin worship 
anywhere now? Yes, yes. It's available everywhere. Both books are available everywhere. Um, anywhere you want to get them. Awesome. Amazing. Well, thanks so much for talking to us. Thank you. <laughs> now it's time for us to solve a bookish problem from one of our listeners. We've had several people write in and ask for help on improving their reading speed. It can be really, really frustrating if you're a slow reader and you want to get some reading done. You feel like you're behind. You don't like and it, the more the more frustrated you get, the more bad feelings are associated with reading. And it's just a vicious spiral. So here's our advice for slow readers who want to improve their pace. Mallory, what do you do? So <laughs> much like almost every single piece of advice I ever have. Is it read more? <laughs> it is. Is it read more? Yes. So, but hear me out. The more you do a thing, the better you get at it. The more you read, the faster you'll get. It's muscle memory. Uh, and my my advice is to start with shorter, easier to read books to build yourself up. If you start with like a big old book that's filled with tiny fonts, you're going to get frustrated and it, it's going to feel hopeless. You're going to feel like you're never going to get through it. And that's not a fun experience. So, But if you start with a shorter, easier to read book and you start breezing through it, it'll build your confidence up. and You'll be like, hey, I just read a whole book. That's amazing. I do that. I love reading a short book because then I feel like I really accomplished a thing. Yeah, and then you have a positive feeling, a positive association with reading. It makes you want to read more. Yeah, so I also refer to our book slump episode. I feel like that, that would help as well. So, Bria, what's your advice? So Mental Floss just did an article on this, which we'll link to in the notes. Basically, all of their tips involve planning ahead. Know what you're reading so you can concentrate on it more. Scan the book ahead of time. I don't know if I believe in this. I feel like that's a weird thing to scan the book. Like... You're already worried about reading faster, and then you're like, I'm not going to get through this, and I have to scan it first. It just seems like busy work to me. Yeah. Um, but they did have some other good advice, which was get rid of all distractions, because that's the biggest thing. Throw your phone into the toilet. Throw, Take that phone, throw it right in the toilet. <laughs> if you have distractions, it's really hard to get through a book. There's this thing called passive reading, which you know what this is. Everyone knows what this is. The thing where you are reading. You're physically reading, but you're not mentally reading. Yeah, and so your your eyes are like scanning the words, but you're just like not getting any of the information. So the key is to uh, to just be mindful. That is the best advice that I I could give on this and uh, that Mental Floss also gave on this. So the whole thing about reading and the way we read is that we actually don't read every single word. Um, we read sections, right? So... Uh, most people scan 1.5-inch chunks, which is actually kind of big if you think about it, depending on the font size, type of text, or whatever. You can do – you read three to five words at a time. So one way that people talk about being able to read faster is you take a pencil or or your finger and you literally just use it to go across the pages because it makes you pay attention. Mm. So you go underneath all of the words and it makes you pay attention to what you're reading instead of getting distracted. And you're also taking it in as chunks – because Can you do that on an e-reader? Yeah, you could do it. Oh, well, you couldn't touch the page. Mm. You could do it with a pencil because an e-reader doesn't respond to, like, touched by something else that's not, oh, like, yeah. a warm finger, I think. Get a dead finger. <laughs> oh, get it. Okay, here's my advice. Get a dead finger, <laughs> run it across your e-reader, and then it's going to be fine. You know, the idea is actually you put your finger, you, you go across each section, and it keeps you on task, but it also makes you see the words in chunks. Just if that's that's a great way to keep reading faster. If I'm reading and I find I'm doing a lot of passive reading, I kind of go to something else, honestly. That is not great advice for this person who just wants to read faster. But if you're trying to read faster, this is a way to sit down and concentrate and do it. And if you want some advi advice on your bookish problems from me and Bria, you can email them at readingglassespodcast at gmail.com. Now we're going to leave you with this episode's book connection, a way to connect with other readers online with the use of this week's hashtag. And this week, it's hashtag bookchic. That's like C-H-I-C. 
Chic. It's so chic. In case you've never seen that word. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we want to see it's your... not co- chick. Book chick. <laughs> we are a couple of book chicks. That's true. <laughs> Alternate name for the podcast. Mm-hmm. We want to see your cool book- bookish fashion or decor. Tag us on Instagram at Reading Glasses Podcast or on Twitter at Reading G Podcast with some cool pictures of your awesome book stuff. Uh, if you like the show, please rate and review it on iTunes. It's really great for us and we totally appreciate it. Also, check out our Goodreads page. It is moderated by Chrissy and Rachel. Thank you so much for creating that. And it's a great place to get book recommendations. Also, check out our Facebook page, which is moderated by Danielle. We really appreciate that. There's so many great book conversations happening in both places. And there is a transcript outlining thing available in the show notes for this episode for any of our hearing impaired fans. You can always follow along on our bookish adventures using the general hashtag reading glasses. So thanks for listening, and And thanks thanks for for reading. reading. MaximumFun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Listener supported.